Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 426. Today's show is brought to you by Warby Parker, a new concept in eyewear. As part of our Fitness Friday series, today's fitness subject is being your smart self about eye health in 2020. As part of our Fitness Friday series, today's fitness subject is being your smart self about eye health in 2020. As we enter the new year, I'm alerting our Not Old Better show audience to be smart and to include in your health and wellness resolutions the subject of eye health. I found a new Harris Poll survey that was jointly released by the American Academy of Ophthalmology, which shows that many Americans know very little about eye health and the symptoms of vision loss, even when problems may be present. I've placed links in the show notes to the research. Our guest today is Christopher E. Starr, MD, who is a member of the American Academy of Ophthalmology and completed his ophthalmology residency training at Harvard Medical School and has received many professional awards and honors, including Best Doctors in America, and New York Magazine has named him a Best Doctor four times. Dr. Christopher Starr, MD, joins us today to explain the survey and research findings and simple steps people can take in 2020 to detect and prevent vision loss, including how to get smart about eye health risks, including a question about the myth of CBD, that's cannabidiol and eye care. How to know that changes in your vision can go undetected like blurred vision and what to do about them. And how to set a path to clear vision in 2020 by visiting an ophthalmologist and have your eyes checked every year or two if you're 65 and older. The number of people affected by potentially blinding eye diseases is expected to double in the years ahead. So please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Dr. Christopher Starr. Dr. Christopher Starr, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. This is an important subject, one that my audience is going to be very interested in. I'm interested in it too. Um, my eyes are are crucial to me. They're they're so useful. You know, I never have gone. I wear contacts. I've worn them since a, a young boy. As a young boy. And I never have gone through the – it used to be called the RK surgery. I'm not sure that's what it's called anymore, but I just never did that because I just thought these darn eyes are just um, – they're just too important to me. They're also, they're also complex. They're, they're intricate. And I wondered if you would give our audience a, a bit of a primer on the eye and, and maybe, maybe focus a little bit in your answer on what occurs with the eye as we age. Oh, for sure. I'd be happy to do that. And you brought up some very uh, good points. And, and it's, I, I always love hearing personal stories about eyes. <laughs> and you, you said one of the, the one of the interesting thing that you said was how important your vision and your eyes are to you. And that is something that almost every person in the world, but certainly uh, in the United States, people on surveys will always say, oh, vision is by far the most important sense. Uh, that we have, I'd lose them all before I lost my my eyesight. I would. Uh, there were some surveys uh, a few years ago that where people said I'd rather lose a leg than lose vision. I'd rather lose a decade of my life without losing any vision. So, pri- vision is prioritized for many of us, and it makes a lot of sense. Eyes are important. Vision is important. But the irony of it, and the sort of the the, the catch twenty two, if you will. Of all of that story is that we often we're much better at going to our primary care doctor each year you know, than and our dentists every six months or twelve months 
than we are to see an ophthalmologist for a routine exam. You know, if there's no immediate symptom or blurred vision or red eye or whatever it may be, we often forget to just go check in with our eye doctor. And, and that is a misconception. And it is the year 2020 now. And it is a perfect <laughs> yeah, <good>. opportunity <laughs> for us. Good and point. I'm so happy and grateful that you are doing this on, on your podcast, because uh, this is a really important message. And that is, you know, just because you may think your eyes are perfect and you see well and you're happy with your vision, uh, if it's been a while uh, since you've seen an eye doctor, certainly if you're under the age of 40 and you've never seen an eye doctor, uh, an ophthalmologist, then please, by all means, do not pass go and see someone uh, in your area. And if you're older, you know, age 60, 65 or older, we usually recommend routine eye exams every one to two years, uh, again, if there, even if there are no symptoms. So don't be fooled by you know, the perception that your eyes are perfect, you should still be seen because many eye conditions that certainly progress with, with age uh, can be asymptomatic, or at least early on. Uh, and that's the time when you want to catch these things and treat them if they need to be treated. Uh, going into the eye now, uh, the lens. So I talked to before about the lens and the lens changes its shape to focus light. And when we're young, that lens is really good and really powerful and can really uh, cause a lot of focusing power inside the eye to overcome uh, various things. Uh, very fine vision up close and distance vision in the distance. But as we get older, the lens gets stiffer. And when you hit you're right around 40 years old, usually, is when people start saying, geez, I can't read anymore. I can't see this fine print. I'm holding my phone further away from me. That happens to everyone as we age, and that's called presbyopia. And it's just the sort of loss of that ability to accommodate or focus of the lens. And as we get older, past 40, it gets worse and worse until we hit about 65. And, you know, you can't see anything up close unless you're naturally nearsighted. Uh, but reading glasses usually are the simple way to correct that, and there are various other ways, laser vision correction, contact lenses, as well as ultimately cataract that lens as it get, becomes stiffer and stiffer with age and as we get older it also becomes cloudier it doesn't it's not as translucent as it was when we were born and that opacity in the lens of the eye right in the middle of the eye is what is, we call cataracts and as that cataract progresses with age it'll eventually blur the vision to a, such an extent that one can't function uh, well, they, you have trouble driving, glare at night, you're unable to see the computer, whatever it may be. And then cataract surgery is recommended to fix that. And cataract surgery is the most commonly performed ambulatory surgical procedure in the entire United States. Three to four million surgeries are done every year. And we always like to say, if, you know, if you live long enough, you're going to get a cataract and you're probably going to need cataract surgery. But nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be worried about. It actually is a very safe and effective and quick and, uh, surgery that doesn't require uh, general um, sedation and doesn't require a hospital stay. It's in and out you know, 30 minutes and, and your cataract is gone and you're seeing better. Uh, and then when you move back into the back part of the eye, I said, said the back of the eye is where the retina resides and the cavity of the back of the eye because uh, the eye is a ball. It's an eyeball. Uh, and so that ball is filled with 
liquid and a gel called vitreous. The vitreous, when we are, the vitreous gel in the back of the eye when we're born is kind of like a homogeneous, uh, like, uh, um, like a, it's filled with clear molasses, let's say. And as we get older, uh, the natural change to that area is liquefaction and breakdown and it becomes more liquefied and you start seeing little floaters and little strands and things like that that many of us see as we get older. And that's normal kind of vitreous liquefaction or what we call vitreous sinuresis. Uh, certainly if anyone at any age all of a sudden has a new, a new floaters, a sudden increase in those little floaters, black spots or a shadow in the vision or flashing lights, we always recommend uh, an uh, immediate uh, evaluation by an ophthalmologist because that could signify a retinal tear or retinal detachment. And then lastly, as I said, going into the back part, the back wall of the eye where the retina and the optic nerve live, as we get older, there could be age-related changes there. And one of the big ones uh, and one of the three leading causes of blindness and decreased vision in the United States is macular degeneration, uh, age-related macular degeneration. And that can affect the very central portion of the retina, which is called the macula. And uh, that is, is common above the age of 60 to 65 is when we first start usually seeing this. Uh, there can be a genetic risk if uh, family members, uh, parents, and grandparents have it. Um, and again, a good reason to check your vision and to be screened uh, frequently when you're in that age group. And the other structure that is right next to the macula is called the optic nerve. It is the connection between the eye and the brain. And when light is focused by the cornea and lens and, and hits the retina, and that sends the signal to the optic nerve, which then transmits all of that light and all of that, those images to our brains, and that's where we ultimately process uh, the vision and make sense of it. Uh, the optic nerve uh, can also be damaged and the common condition there, and again, it's one of the top three, that's glaucoma, which many people have heard of. And again, there can be genetic predisposition. So if family members have glaucoma, um, you know, again, it makes sense to, to be seen. And again, glaucoma can be very asymptomatic uh, for many, many years, by the way. You're not going to feel anything funny. You're not going to notice any peripheral vision changes that often occur with advanced glaucoma. But, you know, if you have risk factors and, 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 again, if you have no symptoms whatsoever and you haven't seen an eye doctor in quite some time, you know, we can detect glaucoma early, treat it, and then you have nothing to worry about and you're not going to go blind. Um, but, uh, and so the, and as time goes on, age, age and time, you know, can lead to these, lent, these uh, optic nerve changes that are, are common with glaucoma. And if on uh, if, if it's not picked up and it's not treated, it can ultimately lead to blindness, unfortunately. So, again, very, very important to have these sort of regular eye exams uh, to, to screen for all of these things and be treated at earlier stages. Hey, everyone, it's Paul here. We'll be right back with our Fitness Friday segment about eye health with guest Dr. Christopher Starr. But just a quick thank you to our sponsors today, Warby Parker, a new concept in eyewear. And briefly, I want to tell you about my wonderful experience with Warby Parker. First off, as soon as you go to the link in our show notes for Warby Parker, that's warbyparker.com slash not old better, you're immediately greeted with a big 
blue button asking you to take the quiz. This is not a pop quiz, so no need to fret. It's a helpful walk-you-through-the-process quiz to aid in using the Warby Parker website and assist in picking out the right eyeglasses frames for your face. (laughs) I have a narrow face, and the quiz showed me a great many eyeglass frames ideal for my face shape and size. This is really awesome because I've bought eyeglasses before that have been way too big for my face, and they didn't fit right, and I didn't wear them, so money lost. Once you complete the quiz, you can select from a bunch of eyeglass frames just for you, and then you choose five pair to try on at home for free. Each frame looks awesome on the site, but you're given these five free to show you and your family and friends. I chose five, and they arrived at home immediately, where I showed Gretchen, and we were able to see each one right there on my bright, shiny, smiling face. (laughs) I'll put up a picture on the website. This makes it so simple to shop for eyeglasses. I got Gretchen's reaction and her sense of what looked best on my face. The free five-day home try-on program is so simple, and the frames are gorgeous. You don't even have to purchase. It's all no obligation. But I selected a boutique-quality custom-fit frame, which is only 95 bucks, including scratch resistance, anti-reflective lenses that block 100% of the UV rays, and then I mailed everything back to Warby Parker inside the original box with the easy self-addressed label. I placed the box inside our post box, and they were off to Warby Parker. The quality of these glasses are amazing. They're really beautiful. And when you're selecting frames, you can even pick some sunglasses too. It's very, very easy. In addition to wearing eyeglasses, I'm a contact lens wearer. So my next step is to try the Warby Parker new Scout lenses. I'll keep you posted here, but please head over to warbyparker.com slash notoldbetter and take the quiz and get your free five-day home try-on custom fit package. That's warbyparker.com slash notoldbetter. We're going to put all of this in the show notes. So just like me, you'll love how easy this is. This is truly a new concept in eyewear. And now back to our Fitness Friday Eye Care Health interview with Dr. Christopher Starr. We are with Dr. Christopher Starr. We're talking about eye care and eye health. Dr. Starr, we really appreciate your generous time. And I think that brings me to really to my next question. I, I wonder if you share with our audience some tips, perhaps, about really being proactive about our eye care. Yeah. So um, there are, you know, in addition to regular eye exams, as, we, as I mentioned already, and if you're over the age of 60, you really the, the recommendation uh, 60 to 65 is every one to two years and sometimes even more frequent if there's something that needs to be followed more quickly. But, of course, the ophthalmologist would, would, would tell you about that. I always recommend to patients, um, and, and I try to do it myself, is to kind of practice good eye protective things each day. I'm in Hawaii, as I said right now, on a, on a, at an ophthalmic meeting, and it is very hot and sunny here. Uh, and so one of the most important things, uh, messages that we can get out to your listeners and to everyone is ultraviolet light from the sun is damaging to your skin. And I think dermatology has been great about getting that message across. Nobody goes to the beach anymore without putting on some sunblock on their skin. 
Uh, and you know, nobody fries in the sun anymore and, and, and tans uh, without protection. And we all know that skin cancers are common uh, with excessive sunlight. Same thing goes for your eyes. The eyes are just as susceptible to damage from the sun. And you're obviously not going to slather SPF 70 on your eyeballs because that would not feel so great. But you can wear sunglasses that are 100% UV blocking. Uh, and it, there's a little label on sunglasses uh, that will say that 100% UV or UVA or UVA, B, UVA and UVB. Uh, and you want to wear sunglasses that have that, that moniker and wear them all the time when you're out in the sun. And another misconception there is sometimes on overcast days, oh, the sun's not out. I don't need my uh, sunglasses. But often the UV index is actually high on those days too. So <clears throat> if you're going to be outside skiing at the beach or playing golf or anywhere, or even on an overcast day and the UV index is high, you should really wear UV blocking sunglasses to protect your eyes. UV over time can lead to growths on the front of the eye called pinguecula or pterygia. Uh, it, they can lead to, um, there might be a, an association with cataract formation. Uh, and also in the retina, you know, there is some evidence that it can um, hurt the macula and maybe lead to macular degeneration-like changes as we get older. So UV protection is very important. Don't forget that. Um, and diet is also important, uh, having a healthy diet and trying to take in uh, you know, green leafy vegetables are really good for the retina and the eye itself and antioxidants and um, omega-3s and, and, and fatty fishes like you know, tuna and, and salmon. Uh, all those things are good for the eye, but also good for the rest of the body too. So what's good for the body is usually good for the eye. Uh, and, um, you know, we're all on digital devices and computers and, you know, listening to podcasts and checking our emails and all of that. And, you know, there is some uh, evidence that excessive uh, use of digital devices, digital displays, computers uh, can cause some, some eye strain and can cause irritation of the eyes and dryness and, and various symptoms. We, we lump it under this thing called the computer vision syndrome, where you're staring at a computer. When you're staring at a computer, we tend to blink less, the blink rate decreases by up to 50% when we're staring at these things and concentrating. And when you're not blinking, you're not distributing tears across the surface of the eye. And so the, the tears evaporate and dry out. That can lead to irritation and um, uh, fluctuating vision and redness and, and all of that. So uh, we recommend blinking more, just trying to remember to blink more. And if the eyes get real dry or irritated to close the eyes or put in lubricating eye drops over the counter lubricants, artificial tears. And we also recommend that when you're staring at a computer, which is usually fairly close to you uh, or um, a uh, handheld, you know, smartphone or something like that, the, we have to use that lens of our eye to sort of focus those near images. And so there's a strain that occurs the more, the longer you stare at a, a computer without taking a break those eye muscles, you know, are in constant kind of uh, 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 firing constantly for long periods of time and they get tired and things get blurred and you get eye strain and maybe headaches and things like that. So we usually recommend every 20 minutes, take a break from the computer, look away at something that's 20 feet away or further, i.e. look into the distance, look out a window, 
for um, 20 seconds or more. So 20, 20, 20, take breaks, let the eyes relax, close the eyes during those breaks if you can, uh, and, you know, allow better hydration and, and, and the dry, drying effect of, of computers. So that's a, it's ubiquitous. It is part of everybody's life. And so the more you know about how to do it as, uh, in a healthy manner, the better. And so take those breaks every 20 minutes or so. And, um, and you know, those are, I think, really good kind of day-to-day eye health kind of tips. You know, and the other thing that actually comes up, by the way, I just remembered, blue light. Blue light from computers. Speaking of computers, you know, there's all this, uh, occasionally a story will come up, oh my gosh, blue light from computers is so uh, damaging uh, to the eyes. It might cause macular degeneration. It might cause our eyes to uh, deteriorate with time. And, you know, there, outside of laboratories, there's really no good evidence that you know, day-to-day use of smartphones and computers are that blue light is going to cause any significant damage. And there is no formal recommendation at this point from the Academy of Ophthalmology saying, you know, limit screen time to X, Y, and Z. That being said, blue light, uh, which is emitted from all digital devices, can uh, keep you stimulated. It can keep you awake at night. So if you're on your computer lying in bed and it's 10 o'clock at night and you really want to get to sleep, but you're staring at this bright computer screen, uh, that is going to probably keep you up much longer. And so turning off blue filters uh, at night, turning the blue pixels in the computer off or turning them down does make a lot of sense if you want to get to sleep. And so you can do that by putting blue blocking screens on your computers, blue blocking glasses uh, reading glasses on your eyes or just reading glasses in general that have blue blocking pigment. Usually they're yellow lenses. Uh, but a lot of computers and, and devices these days, certainly in the Apple ecosystem that I use, um, there's something called night shift where you can set it to dim the blue pixels at eight o'clock at night each night or nine o'clock at night. And that is very useful, very helpful, uh, and will hopefully improve one's circadian rhythms and, and their uh, nighttime, getting to bed and getting to sleep and getting the requisite number of hours. Uh, so that's where the blue light uh, thing comes in. And that's another sort of day-to-day healthy tip that one can do to keep their eyes and uh, feeling the, their best. Dr. Starr, we really appreciate your generous time and all of these tips. I love the 20-20-20 rule. I think that's so helpful. Again, Dr. Christopher Starr, we really appreciate your time. I want to I jump into a subject that's getting an awful lot of attention these days. Some of it good. Maybe some of it is a bunch of hype. And I want to talk about CBD. Uh, it's in the news. Um, and and I, I, I have even found in my research prior to speaking with you, I, I found articles related to eye health and CBD. And so I wondered if you'd tell our audience a little bit about CBD for eye care and maybe some of the known limitations and, and perhaps even some of the possible ri- risks that can, uh, that, that can occur when using CBD uh, for the eyes. Yeah, well, you know, uh, this is a, a topic that is getting a lot of attention uh, as, mm-hmm. as these things uh, become uh, legal in various states. And, and, um, and, you know, there are these sort of myths uh, about uh, marijuana use and glaucoma and treating glaucoma with 
Um, and, uh, you know, as, as it stands right now, um, the Academy of Ophthalmology does not have any formal uh, recommendations for using CBD or cannabis pr- products uh, of any kind as a viable treatment for any eye condition. So, you know, CBD, um, uh, uh, with the current research and the current understanding, uh, there are really no known advantages for any eye conditions. And so we, we do caution people that if they're using that to you know, sort of self-medicate or self-treat an eye condition specifically, that um, they should really see an ophthalmologist and, and, and get a better treatment that is FDA approved and, and recommended for that condition. Um, you know, CBD, I, don't, I don't know of any uh, harms or risks in using CBD um, for various things, and a lot of people certainly believe in it and use it uh, regularly and, and with good results. But for eye conditions specifically, the recommendation is do not use those things for those things. Good point, and uh, important to emphasize that. Dr. Christopher Starr, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for all the tips. Again, I really like this 20-20-20 rule. We're going to put links <laughs> up to uh, where our audience can find out more information about you, Dr. Starr, and specifically about eye health and eye care. But thank you, Dr. Christopher Starr, for your generous time today. We, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you back sometime, too, because I think this— I would love to come yeah. back. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. Mm-hmm. And I will uh, give—you uh, may have it, but uh, there is a website that is great for uh, patients. Please, and, tell us. Share. Uh, it's called—it's the AAO.org, which is the uh, American Academy of Ophthalmology's website, and it's AAO.org slash iSmart. E-Y-E-S-M-A-R-T dot org. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. We'll put— that link in our show notes today. But thank you, Dr. Christopher Starr, for your time. We really appreciate all the information. Thank you so much. My thanks to Dr. Christopher Starr and to today's sponsor, Warby Parker. Again, please check out Warby Parker at warbyparker.com slash notoldbetter and take the quiz for your free five-day home eyeglasses tryout. Also, my thanks to you, our wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.